I'm Michael Malvestro, and you're listening to the Vegas Bright Podcast, episode 38. The Vegas Bright Podcast. From VegasBright.com. So podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. And welcome to the Vegas Bright Podcast, episode 38. I'm your host, Mike Movestro, the chief editor of VegasBright.com, and it's good to be here with you and yours, or just just you, if you're listening by yourself, all by yourself. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm doing the podcast all by myself, so we have something in common. So anyways, uh, it's episode 38, uh, on our way to episode 40, uh, so fun with that. And I am I am partaking of beverage tonight. Uh, once again, you know something there in the background, uh, and uh, it's good stuff as always. So what can I say? What a week has it been? A week? How was your week? Was your week as good as mine? Mine was pretty shitty, and I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Uh, yeah, it kind of affects 360 Vegas Vacation Five plans too. Uh, so that's that's kind of messed up. Uh, but yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. For this episode, we're going to be doing Vegas news around the web, followed by the Vegas Bright Week in review. And Vinny and Larry will be doing Vegas Gone By, the landmark hotel and casino. Uh, it's kind of a long one, so you might have to buckle yourself in for that. Um, yeah, so keep it tuned, streamed, or playing uh, what button do I press? Oh, yeah. Right here. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things. No resort fees. The Vegas Bright Podcast is available on Vegas Radio Network, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, on VegasBright.com. And if you are listening to the Vegas Bright Podcast on either of those platforms, if there's a way for you to give us a, a rating, uh, feel free to do so. We're not going to ask you for a five, but you know if you've been liking this podcast for a bit and you're still listening to it, obviously we deserve a five, you know? Just saying. I mean, don't let me influence your decision or anything, but you know, if you're listening to it for more than one episode, you, you keep coming back to it, you kind of like it. You haven't taken us off your podcast list yet. Eh, you know, maybe you just face the truth. You know, you like this podcast. So go ahead and give us a five-star rating if, if, if you want. But I'm just saying you might as well. That'd be nice. We like good ratings. We like we like ratings. Uh, mostly good ones. We like good ones. We haven't gotten a good rating since September of last year. So let's uh, let's up that a bit. Let's, uh, let's get some positivity flowing in those reviews. Uh... Otherwise, I just might give up and say I'm not doing this anymore. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't think I would do that. Uh, but anyways, so what's what's going on? Uh, Lonnie Hannigan. Uh, not sure if you guys know who he is. Some of you might. Uh, he uh, is a collector of sorts. Uh, he's a bit uh, eclectic, eccentric maybe, or just eclectic. Yeah, maybe both. Anyway, he has, um, I'm not saying he's a hoarder, but he was on Hoarders, on Amy, and he has a collection of things, um, some Vegas, some not, but he's in Las Vegas, and once a year he opens up his house and lets people tour the place. Um, well, he went into some financial difficulties, and his one of his houses was seized uh, for failure to pay the mortgage, uh, and that included all items within that house. Uh, so... It, I'm pretty sure it's the same house. And anyways, all of his stuff, all the stuff in that house is being auctioned off right now. And he's got some interesting things in there. He's got some stuff from the Luxor. He's got some stuff from Excalibur. He had a knight on a horse, and it came from uh, Excalibur. He has this, a booth from the Stardust Hotel and Casino. Uh, 
loads of stuff. He's got a lot of decent, like, old Vegas um, history-ish things in there. Uh, so it's an interesting auction. There are 625 items, but not all of those are Vegas things. There's a lot of totems, uh, a lot of tiki items. There's a, a lot of World War II art and movie posters and lots of books and things like that. But the Vegasy things are are really interesting. Uh, not at a financial place where I can do any bidding at the moment, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's interesting. It's going on. I believe it's about to wrap up. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about to wrap up, but just some interesting things there, and it's just interesting to take a peek into his collection there and see some of the stuff that he's got. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully all those Vegasy things go to good owners and speaking of collections and Vegasy things, we're going to have a, an author for a day challenge coming up. Uh, I think we're going to start it in July sometime, so it's going to be next month. I'm just giving you a heads up. Just giving you guys a heads up. Uh, the people on the website don't know about this, and they're a huge audience. Uh, podcast listeners, not so much. We, it's not the biggest audience, uh, but that's okay. It's not like the it's not like the size matters. I don't know. Just it's all about the girth of my audience. Uh, <laughs> mentioned I'm having beverage tonight, so yeah, we're going to be having an author for a day challenge next month. It's going to be your Vegas collection, all those things that come home from Vegas with you. Maybe it's ticket stubs. Maybe you have chips. Maybe you have uh, uh, who knows some sort of. Uh, shampoos conditioners and soaps maybe uh i should probably just i should walk over I, the microphone won't reach but if i could walk over to my collection and start listing things that are in there i would do it uh but maybe you've got uh did i say ticket stubs yet um it could be anything your monorail passes uh whatever 24 7 guides or those little brochures you get uh maybe you, you confiscated a couple of things from a hotel room here and there uh hey you know we're not you know, you can you can you can use a pseudonym. Nobody's gonna know, but that's what we're gonna be doing. Uh, your Vegas collection, and uh, we're gonna be doing that some point next month. So I just want to give you guys a heads up. If you're listening and you want to participate, you know, start going through your Vegasy things. Maybe now's a good time. Maybe maybe they're kind of in disarray. Maybe you want to sort of get them in order and and start taking some nice pictures of them because it's gonna require you take pictures of your collection. It can't be like you're gonna talk about having it. We we need. We need you to write, but we also need your pictures because you're. This is what it's really a show and tell. People are gonna click into that gallery and start looking at your stuff, or so you might, you might, you might want to, you know, if, if it's kind of not organized, and maybe you want to organize it a bit. I'm just giving you guys a heads up. Now's the time to start doing that, uh, and you know, get your stuff in order and start snapping some pics. Uh, if possible, try to avoid vertical pictures. Um, it just it just messes with my OCD very much. We have our site looks best from left to right. Eighty eight percent of our readers have looking at it on computers, left to right, you know, computer monitors. So if you can take left to right pictures, that would be great. Uh, horizontal, not vertical, unless it's ne- unless a vertical one is necessary. Like you have like a tall glass or whatever. And I know I have a couple of glasses from BB King's. Uh, blues or whatever it was. It was the one that was located at the Mirage, which I believe now is occupied by Samba Steakhouse. I think that's what takes over that space now. But yeah, I have that, and I have a bunch of things. And so I'm going to be sharing my collection. My collection has grown a little bit since the first time I talked about my Vegas collection uh, two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. So guess guess what? Vegas Bright is turning two. The website is turning two years old uh, in a, in about a month. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, going to be two. Isn't that something? That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, so Vegas collections, I'll give you guys the email address when the time comes, expect it to be announced on the podcast and then on the website or vice versa at some point next month. But if you want to participate, now's a good time to get your stuff together, uh, get your stuff in order, I guess you could say. So definitely do that. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me take a look at my little list here because I'm getting lost. Uh, what is next? 
Okay. All right. Good. All right. It's good to have the total list here, especially when I've had a couple of beverages. All right. So keep that in mind, take pictures and get your Vegas collection together because we want to have a huge show and tell about all the stuff we brought home from Vegas with us. Uh, that being said, we'll be back after this. VegasBright.com. We're not only a podcast. We cover news about shows, hotels, restaurants, and gambling. We also feature the Vegasy buzz around town, like new construction, renovations, and future openings, as well as reviews of places to eat, experiences, hotel stays, and new things to do. And occasionally, we offer a sneak peek behind construction walls to see how a new place is coming along. VegasBright.com. Yeah, once again, I forgot about the volume knob and I had it <laughs> too low. <laughs> We're doing this whole thing live, no editing, going straight through, uh, just like it's radio and live on the air. That's the way I'm recording the show. I started this method of recording. I started doing that when I started the podcast. I wasn't too happy with the program I was using. Um, and then I just started just editing everything and pasting things together. But I think the show has more of a has a better flow when I'm doing it as, as, as I'm live. I'm just, it's, it's recording live, live. I'm recording live. The whole thing is recorded live. Some people do a segment here and a segment there and paste it together. Uh, whole thing is live. So no editing. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. You get the full thing and, uh, that's, that's it. It's fun for me that way. So i like to do, I like to have fun with the show. <laughs> what can I tell you? Speaking of having fun with the show, I am once again having, uh, what am I having? <laughs> ah, yes. Captain and Diet, uh, introduced, uh, to many people actually by Scott Roman of the Vital Vegas podcast. I, I remember when I first had one of these with him, we were at the D in Las Vegas. Uh, we were at Long Bar. I, th when was I there? It was last year sometime. And uh, we met up, and he ordered one, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to have one, too. And I ordered the same. Just see what all the fuzz was all about. Uh, the fuzz? No, the buzz. <laughs> There's no fuzz. The buzz was all about, and took to it immediately. It's very likable. It's very tasty. Um, I hear mimosas are good as well, but I've never had one. Um, yeah, so I might have to try one of those. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't had every drink there is to have, so please... Please don't discredit me as a Vegas expert. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid. All right, that being said, let's get on with the news. From Vital Vegas, Derek Stevens, owner of the D, Golden Gate, and 18 Fremont, which is the placeholder name for what was once the Las Vegas Club, recently closed a land deal that opens the door for dramatic changes to downtown Las Vegas. Stevens purchased a site known as PQ, part of Symphony Park. The land parcel is on the other side of the Union Pacific Railroad tracks. That should be interesting to get to. So the way that the, the layout is, it's, 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 it's kind of like 18 Fremont parking structure and his new space. Here's what I think he needs to do, because that new space is on the other side of the tracks. It's not ex exactly a walking kind of a thing. And by the way, those tracks, when I see a train go by those tracks, go, I, I smile because it's because of those tracks that Las Vegas came to be. So, I mean, when you really go back to the roots, 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 roots of Las Vegas, yeah, you can say, oh, well, Fremont Street and, and downtown and, and, you know, and that, but... Those fucking tracks really were the start of Las Vegas. So anyways, so the way it's laid out, it's uh, it's 18 Fremont, and then it's the parking structure, uh, and then it's you cross the tracks, and then it's the new property. So, and the, I, mean, well, I mean the land parcel that he purchased. What makes it interesting is that that land parcel is actually zoned for gaming, and it's the only parcel of land in that area in Symphony Park that's zoned for gaming. So here's my idea, and Derek, if you're listening, you're not, but if you are, or someone who knows him can go up to him and say, this is your, no, their idea, then that's fine. I don't care. As long as I see it happen, I'll be, I'll, I'll know I left my mark in Vegas. 
I think that from the new pro- from the from 18 Fremont, which he's tearing down and building from scratch, there should be a little bit of a monorail that goes from 18 Fremont to the parking structure. And so it goes through the structure with a stop at the structure and then to the new parcel of land, which will eventually, I believe, be a property. You do it that way. Think about it. Customers come in. They park. They get on that monorail. They go to either of his casinos. They can go to 18 Fremont or they can go to the Symphony Park place. Uh, And it's all right there. And then Symphony Park, they hop on the monorail. They can go. You know, one stop at the parking lot, then one more stop. Or they could do like a semi-express thing that goes back and forth like the uh, Excalibur tram, right? The Excalibur monorail that goes Excalibur to Mandalay Bay. You notice how it skips Luxor. Does it skip Luxor on the way back? Or it skips it on the way there. Yeah, it skips Luxor on the way there. Some of them do. And then it comes back. Think of the Luxor as the parking lot. Think of Excalibur as 18 Fremont and think of Mandalay Bay as the new place that will eventually happen in Symphony Park. Just have a monorail going back and forth. If it starts at Symphony Park, you can just skip the parking structure altogether and then go straight to 18 Fremont and then go make a local stop going from 18 Fremont to Symphony Park where it stops off at the parking structure for those who have to get into their cars. I think that would be great. He's going to need the height to do it. And of course, it has to be, uh, I know it has to go higher than the level of those trains that are passing by. And I'm sure there's going to be some sort of a thing that has to be worked out because it goes across the tracks. But that's my idea. Give it a little monorail that goes from 18 Fremont parking structure, Symphony Park thing. That's my idea. Just saying. Just saying. From the Las Vegas Sun, MGM Grand is adding some convention space. The expansion will replace the circular driveway that serves the current convention center and sits on land between the existing building and the resort's parking garage on the corner of Koval Lane and Tropicana Avenue. The expansion will include a new 5,500-square-foot outdoor courtyard for private events, a 49,000-square-foot ballroom, a 32,000-square-foot ballroom, three junior ballrooms, and 11 breakout rooms. Wouldn't it be cool if there were like 11 escape rooms? Just saying. It is scheduled to open in November of 2018. From KTNV, a big, big, Big Bang Theory slot jackpot paid up at El Cortez. The jackpot of $1,149,718 went to a winner who chooses to remain anonymous, of course. El Cortez has been certified by CDC Gaming Reports as the loosest slots in town. The casino is currently uh, the only casino in Las Vegas that still has over 200 coin operating slot machines and offers double roulette tables with room for up to 12 pe- people to play together. Mark Meltzer from Edge Vegas has an article on Travel Zork called Vegas Casinos You Should See Before They Disappear. In the article, he lists various MGM properties, but also includes the caveat, nothing is planned for these properties, but it's always good to get those memories while you can. And we fully agree. Uh, Always say, enjoy whatever you can, because you never know, right? Right. Uh, He's got a couple of other articles that came out last week as well. You should check those out too. Uh, You can find those at edgevegas.com where he links to his other stories, as I say at the end of every damn episode of this podcast. (laughs) Hi, Mark at 3X. 3X. I'm just going to go Mark 3X. From the Las Vegas Review Journal, the FAA is looking into height issues with the newly proposed Las Vegas Raiders Stadium project. The Federal Aviation, the Federal Aviation Administration will examine whether the height of the Oakland Raiders' new dome stadium could hinder aircraft operations at nearby McCarran International Airport. Agency officials confirmed Wednesday. The Raiders filed a request for the FFA, the FAA. My goodness, to review 21 different points on a 62-acre plot of land on Russell Road, just west of Interstate 15, FAA spokesman Ian Greger said. From the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Chumley's Candy on the Boulevard at Pond Plaza is open for business. Finally, after a delay that seemed to stretch as long as an everlasting gobstopper. 
I didn't write that. Chumley's Candy on the Boulevard is open for business at Pond Plaza, the two-story retail center constructed of prefabricated steel containers sits just south of Gold and Silver Pond, the business featured in Pond Stars on History Channel. Uh, Pond Stars mainstay Chumley Russell and his brother Sage are co-owners of the new business, which was expected to open in May, but was delayed through what seemed an interminable permit approval process. And that's it for the news. Yes, I totally nailed that. Awesome. You can see these and other stories in our article shit you may have missed when the Vegas Golden Knights unveiled their jerseys. And when we come back, it's the Vegas Bright Weekend Review featuring the stories we brought you last week on VegasBright.com. So keep it tuned, streamed, or playing right here. VegasBright.com, the Vegas website where the parking is free. And welcome back to the Vegas Bright Podcast. It seems the more liquor I get in me, the better I get at this thing. That's weird. It's like it's like Dumbo's feather. That's so odd. And welcome to the Vegas Bright Weekly Review. We're going to be going over the stories we brought you this week on VegasBright.com. It all started last week with the Vegas Bright Podcast, episode 37, where... Vegas Gone By, focused on the Hacienda. Uh, Vegas Gone By made its return last week with Vinny Badalamente and new co-hosts for him, Long Island Larry. On Monday, I reviewed the Hangover Slopper Burger at Tom's Urban at the New York, New York. Here's a quote from that. Quote, The beef itself was thick, not a smashed down slice of grease that I would experience the next day at Aria's Burger Lounge. And I'm not even sure it's worth writing about, so I digress. Back to the hangover slopper. There is something that I just love about a good filling meal that gives me energy for the day. And the hangover slopper checked all those boxes. The flavors, so many flavors, all worked perfectly together like teamwork. As I got further into the burger, I set the rest of the top bun aside after eating the fried eggs and everything on them, of course, so I could focus on the meat and the bottom bun with its surrounding flavors. I tried to pack in as much of this burger as possible and only finished about three quarters of it. This burger is a burger through and through, and I dare to say this is my new Vegas must burger. End quote. If you'd like to read more of that article, the title is Burger Review, The Hangover Slopper at Tom's Urban. On Tuesday, Blonde Forever shared the many reasons why she chooses the plaza to stay in play. Here's a quote from that, quote, I appreciate how spacious the rooms are, especially if multiple people are staying in the room. Some hotel rooms have a very claustrophobic feel to them, but not the plaza. Yes, they need new furniture. There are quite a few dings and scratches on the current ones, but that does not bother me when held up against all the other things I enjoy about the hotel. I like the layout of the rooms, too. One person can be showering while the other is using the sink since it is a separate area. It helps to expedite things when two people are trying to get ready in the morning. The Plaza Food Court is full of economical choices for a quick bite. Now with the addition of the lovely Brightside Cafe, there is yet another option for a fast, cheap meal. And she goes on. I'm a big fan of the happy hour in Oscar's Lounge from 4 to 7 p.m. daily. 50% off appetizers, house wine, well liquors, and beer. It is a great deal and the sliders are delicious. I hear from reliable sources that the Omaha Lounge in the casino will be renovated in the not-too-far-distant future, hopefully with higher chairs for those of us who have a hard time getting off of low ones. End quote. And if you'd like to read more of her article, the title is Blonde Forever, Why I Choose the Plaza Hotel and Casino. On Wednesday, Kelly Lamrock took us on the ultimate Vegas Strip drink crawl. Part 1. Here's a quote from that. Quote, Mandalay Bay. Lots of good choices here. I'd steer you to Red Square for a unique vodka to miss Soviet propaganda, but I'm avoiding full-service restaurants here and sticking to moments you can take in and keep moving. Seats at bars and quick service bites. 
So head for the shops and grab a margarita at Husong's Cantina with a real bite of tequila and lime and not the sweet frozen variety you'll see everywhere. This is done old school and it's bracing and cold and strong and everything a Vegas drink should be. Luxor, as I put this list together, I found lobby bars coming to the top of mind often. These are often overlooked, but they are great spots for casino hopping. The resort often tries to make its lobby bar take on a feel that captures the resort, and so they often have little touches that make them unique. At Luxor, I love grabbing a drink at Aurora. Under there are sparkling ceiling lights, designed to make you feel like you are under the stars of the Aurora Borealis. I'm not qualified to say how close the astrology is, but the effect is pretty cool. If you try one of the house drinks named for resort attractions like the Carrot Top, you'll be happy. Equally so if you have a beer. This is an atmosphere-based call. End quote. In the article, he goes on and mentions other spots at other properties, such as Monte Carlo, Aria, Bellagio, Caesar's Palace, Mirage, and Treasure Island. Uh, to read about his choices for those other properties, read the full article at VegasBright.com. The title of the article is One Drink, One Snack, The Ultimate Vegas Strip, <laughs> the Ultimate Vegas Strip Drink Crawl, Part 1. On Thursday, a Las Vegas junkie shares part one of his Memorial Day weekend Vegas trip report. Here's a quote from that. Quote, After dropping off our stuff and unwinding a bit, we walked over to Pizza Rock for dinner. We ordered the meatballs as an appetizer and a St. Anthony's pizza. This was my third time ordering the St. Anthony pizza. It comes with mozzarella, fennel sausage, Italian sausage, garlic, roasted red peppers, ricotta, basil, red-hot pepper oil, two cage-free eggs, and a heart attack on the side. Uh, cage-free eggs. That, that, that line always just makes me giggle. All right. After dinner, my wife and I had about an hour to kill before we needed to catch a lift to the Neon Museum for our 10 p.m. tour. We walked across the street to the downtown Grand Casino and gambled. I lost $1. I lost $1 over an hour. What? What? Wow. I lost $1 over an hour. Not bad. My wife played with $30. I'm not sure what she cashed out at, but I knew she never put money back into the machine. After gambling, we caught our lift and headed over to the Neon Museum for our tour. I highly recommend it if you have never been. We had planned on visiting for the past two to three years, but like I stated earlier, gambling and day drinking always got in the way. The weather at 10 p.m. at night was perfect, and all the signs that had been refurbished were lit, and those that were not refurbished had colored spotlights positioned on them. Some of my favorite signs were of the Riviera, Stardust, Sahara, La Concha, and Liberace Signature. End quote. To read more of his article, it's titled Las Vegas Junkie Memorial Day Weekend Trip Report Part 1. And of course... We also had Shit You May Have Missed, which is the article we put out every Friday, written by Big AZ Marty. 98% of it is him, and 2% of it is me there at the end, where I do the little wrap-up for VegasBright.com. So every week, we not, so we, we don't just give you stuff we do at Vegas Bright, but also the stuff that happened everywhere else. The Shit You May Have Missed article has a lot more articles in it than I read here on the podcast. On the podcast, I'll choose six or seven things. But the whole article usually has about 25 things that are happening in Vegas uh, from all different news sources. So you should definitely stop by and check out that article if you want to be caught up to date on everything that's happening in Las Vegas. And that's it for the Vegas Bright Week in Review. You could find links to these stories in our article, Shit You May Have Missed, while when the Vegas Golden Knights unveiled their jersey. It's the same article with our Vegas Around the Web stuff for last week. And when we come back... Uh, Vinny Badalamente and newcomer Long Island Larry bring us Vegas Gone By, where we explore a Las Vegas hotel casino place show that once was. This week, Vinny and Larry focus on... They focus on what? Oh, man, I am an idiot. The landmark, of course, of course. This week, Vinny and Larry focus on the landmark. So we're going to jump over to that interstitial and i start off all these vegas gone by things with a commercial so if you hear a commercial happening after the next vegas bright podcast thing it's actually part of the vegas gone by segment so 
I like to get the commercial for the property. Sometimes it's easy to find. Sometimes it's ridiculously difficult. This one was ridiculously difficult, but keep digging, keep digging, and you'll find it. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. <laughs> we'll be, uh, all right. So interstitial and then Vegas gone by. Uh, keep it, keep it tuned right here. The Vegas Bright Podcast from VegasBright.com. So podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. I'm a compulsive person with just about everything that's immoral or fattening. I eat too much, I drink too much, my divorce became final last month, and my luck at the tables ran out. And then... And then a very reliable source recommended the buffet in the Cascade Room on the main floor of the Landmark Hotel. Now this guy knows this town. I gave it a try. My luck was changing, and it was a change for the better. To say that the buffet was sumptuous was an understatement. To describe it would be a waste of time. It changes constantly. Shrimp flown in from the Gulf of Mexico. Prime beef and pork from the Midwest. The finest of dairy goods from Wisconsin. It was a chef's masterpiece. The reasonable prices helped, too. For a hotel that's got everything, the landmark can be proud of their new buffet in the Cascade Room on the main floor. Or try it. You might change your luck. The buffet turns out nothing but winners. In your private eye, I hear nothing but trouble. So when I hear something good, I spread the word. Like the Landmark Hotel. You say you can't find a deal in Las Vegas without it costing an arm or a leg? Listen, friend. Try the show starring Mickey Finn at only $7.95 per person. That includes two drinks. It's stopping traffic. But that's special. For every day wear, catch the buffet served in the Cascade Room from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. So spread the word, the Landmark. Yeah. Welcome to Vegas Gone By. I'm your... Whoa, 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 whoa. Larry, what are you doing? Well, I'm starting off the Vegas Gone By segment. No, no. I start. I always start. Watch this. Welcome to Vegas Gone By, here on the Vegas Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Extra Sausage Parlamente. Now, this is where you talk. And I'm Long Island Larry. Today, we're talking about the Landmark Hotel and Casino. Okay. The Landmark Hotel and Casino... Again with you. Like I said, I start. In 1960, Kansas City builder Frank Carroll. You got something to say? No, sir. I thought I heard something over there. No, sorry. I was reading to myself. You interrupt me again, a priest will be reading your last rites. Jeez, harsh. Now, as I was saying, in 1960, Kansas City builder Frank Carroll purchased 22 acres of land at the northwest corner of Convention Center Drive and Paradise Road in Paradise, Nevada. Nevada. Paradise, Nevada. Wish I had a banana in Nevada. Alright, there we go. Gotta make sure you say it right and shit. People get pissed. Several blocks east of the Las Vegas Strip. Carol finally planned to construct a hotel that would be similar to the Hollywood Landmark Hotel, which was built in Los Angeles in the mid-1950s and was popular among celebrities. However, Carol ultimately chose to have the building's design be based on Seattle Space Needle Tower, which later opened in 1962. Carol hired California architect John W. Jameson to design a tower similar to the Space Needle, but shorter in height. Carroll hoped for the landmark to become the tallest structure in Nevada at 15 stories. However, the developers of the Mint Hotel in downtown Las Vegas announced plans for a 26-story hotel, which ultimately opened in 1965. Carroll had the landmark redesigned to give the tower a new height of 31 stories. Carroll had a $3 million loan from the appliance buyer's credit corporation which provided credit to consumers who purchased Whirlpool washers and dryers. Who knew? However, Carroll needed $10 million to build a redesigned tower. In 1961, Carroll opened the Landmark Plaza Shopping Center as well as a 120-unit apartment complex, both west of the site for the adjacent tower. Fremont Construction, owned by L.P. Scherer of Redlands, California, began construction of the tower at the end of September 1961. Under a $1.5 million contract, completion was planned for early 1963. Edward Hendricks of Los Angeles was contracted to oversee the tower construction, construction of the steel-reinforced concrete tower using a patented method of concrete slip forming was directed by the San Francisco Office of McDonald Engineering of Chicago. 
In March 1962, at the request of Caro, Clark County Commissioners removed a restriction which specified that gaming licenses could only be issued for ground-level casinos, as Carroll planned to have a casino on the landmark second floor. During construction, the Los Angeles Times called for the $6 million project, quote, by far the most spectacular project, end quote. Out of several Las Vegas resorts that were under construction, the newspaper further wrote that the landmark was destined to become the Mark Hopkins of Las Vegas. In December 1962, construction of the tower was stopped when appliance buyers refused to provide the additional money needed to complete it. The tower was approximately 80% complete. In August of 1966, the International Brotherhood of Deemsters, hey, Deemsters, a known force, a known source of loan, well, they were a known force as well, a known source of loans for several Las Vegas resorts that were secretly operated by mobsters, allegedly, allegedly, provided a $5.5 million construction loan for the project. By the time, ownership had been transferred to Plaza Tower, Inc., made up of several investors including Frank Carroll and his wife Sue Carroll and L.P. Scherer, whose construction company was awarded a $2.5 million contract to finish the landmark tower. Because of legal problems involved with the project, the acquisition of title required over 5,000 hours of legal work and the settlements of more than 40 lawsuits. At the time, the project consisted of 1,200... No, hold on. Let me do my fucking math over here. 127,600 square feet of floor space and included two basements that were 30 feet deep. The tower's height measured 297 feet and 11 inches, while its diameter measured 60 feet. The tower's dome measured 141 feet in diameter. The adjacent landmark apartments were to be converted to 524 hotel rooms for the new resort. Construction was to resume on August 22, 1966, with completion expected in early 1967. At the time, Billboard wrote that the mushroom-shaped 160-room landmark tower had the most spectacular design of all recent high-rise structures in the city. The uniquely designed tower was the first of its kind to be built in Nevada. The landmark had been scheduled to open on September 15, 1967, but its opening was further delayed because of construction problems. In October of 1967, a new opening date of November 15 was announced. With an official grand opening to be held on December 31, 1967, by the time of its planned opening, the tower was nearly complete, as well as a single-story hotel building. However, Carroll had not yet obtained a state gambling license. At the time, the tower was scheduled for opening in mid-January 1968. Carroll withdrew his request for a gaming license and began looking for a buyer after he was charged with assault and battery, although the charges were later dropped. The landmark was put up for sale in April 1968. Several companies made purchase offers that were ultimately rejected, including Roscoe Industries Incorporated based in Los Angeles. The landmark was completed in spring of 1968 and was the tallest structure in Nevada, with its 31-story tower standing 346 feet. In October 1968, billionaire Howard Hughes agreed to purchase the landmark for $17.3 million. The United States Department of Justice then launched an antitrust investigation into Hughes' proposed purchase. After previously investigating his attempt to purchase the Stardust Resort and Casino, a transaction that was blocked from completing for antitrust reasons. As part of the investigation, the Department of Justice attempted to determine if there were other prospective buyers for the landmark. By December 1968, while the Department of Justice continued its investigation, negotiations were underway with several firms that were interested in purchasing the landmark, which included a $20 million offer from Tanger Industries, a holding company based in El Monte, California. It was reported that Hughes' attempted purchase would be rejected by the Department of Justice despite his offer to convert the building into office space. In July, no, in January, that's it, 1969, the Department of Justice approved Hughes' plan to purchase the landmark. In, in March of 1969, Hughes applied for approval to operate the landmark's gambling operations. Hughes' plan to operate the casino through his Nevada company, Hughes Properties, Inc., which was overseen by Hughes executive Edward H. Nigro. 
Hughes planned for the resort to include 26 table games and 401 slot machines. The following month, Hughes received approval from the Nevada Gaming Control Board and from the state and planned to have the resort open on July 1st, 1969. The landmark was purchased through Hughes Tool Company. The sale was officially completed in June 1969. Hughes covered the cost of Carroll's debts with the project's contractors. The landmark was the only casino that Hughes had purchased before it was opened. As a result, Hughes was heavily involved in details regarding the project. Hughes spent approximately $3 million to give the interior a lavish design and to add other touches to the resort. Hughes added an Incan and Space Age theme to the resort's interior, which included glowing, red-colored Incan masks and a wall sculpture made of burnished metal that represented a launch from Cape Kennedy. The interior also included 65 tons of black and white polished marble. The interior was designed by Las Vegas resident Leonard England and also included $200,000 in light fixtures. For the hotel, Hughes replaced 72-inch beds with 80-inch beds and had colored televisions built into the walls of each room. Hughes also had an island built in the middle of the hotel's 240-foot rooftop swimming pool, which cost $200,000 and was the longest in the state. The exterior of the landmark buildings was left unchanged. In June of 1969, Sun Realty filed a claim against Plaza Tower Incorporated, thus threatening the opening of the landmark. Sun Realty alleged that it was owed $500 finder's fee for locating Hughes a buyer. The case was dismissed on June 25, 1969, allowing the resort to open as scheduled. The landmark opened on the night of July 1, 1969 a day before the opening of Kokorian's resort across the street, the International Hotel. Also across the street was the Las Vegas Convention Center. Apollo 10 astronauts Thomas B. Stafford and Eugene Cernan attended the grand opening and were the first people to enter the new resort. Hughes did not attend the grand opening. For opening night, Hughes had comedian Danny Thomas perform in the Landmark's 500-seat showroom. Although promoters for the Landmark claimed that it was the tallest building in the state at 346 feet, Officials for the International Hotel stated that its 30th floor crown room was 375 feet above the ground. The 31-story tower included an exterior glass elevator facing the Las Vegas Strip, which took people up to the three-story cupola, which provided wraparound views of the city. The cupola, made of glass and metal, included a steakhouse and Chinese restaurant on the first floor. It was a small 3,000-square-foot casino, while the second floor contained a coffee shop and a lounge, a nightclub was located on the top floor and was capable of holding over 200 people. At the exterior top of the tower was a revolving red L sign, which became known as the Landmark's opening. The resort's ground level sign included the word Landmark, outlined in blue neon, while flashing red lights filled the interior of the letters. The Landmark's marble entrance led to the first floor casino and the showroom. The resort had a total of 400 slot machines. The ground floor casino was 14,000 square feet, while the 29th floor casino was the first high-rise casino in the state. The ground floor casino featured red and black colors, while the upper casino used orange coloring and wood. The hotel contained 476 rooms and 27 suites. Some rooms were located in ground-level buildings alongside the tower, while other rooms were located within the shaft of the tower itself. The Landmark's lagoon-like swimming pool was located on the tower's west side. The pool, similar to Hollywood's Landmark Hotel, included bridges leading to its island, which had palm trees and chaise lounges with a two-story waterfall beside it. Despite the Landmark's features and its proximity to the convention center, the property suffered financially shortly after opening as a result of being several blocks away from the Las Vegas Strip. The Landmark was unable to attract high rollers. While some guests complained that the hotel rooms were too small, the Landmark lost millions of dollars in its first in year. In October of 1969, Sun Realty filed a damages lawsuit against Hughes Tool Company and Plaza Tower Incorporated, alleging that the two companies conspired to avoid paying the Realty Company its $500,000 finder's fee. Aside from the finder's fee, Sun Realty also sought an additional $5 million in punitive damages. 
In February 1971, the Nevada Supreme Court rejected the lawsuit, which had sought $3 million by that time. During 1971, the Landmark became well known for its performances by country singers including K-Star, Jimmy Dean, hey that guy makes some good sausage, Patti Page, Bobby Gentry, and Danny Davis with his Nashville Brass Band, as well as a four-week show starring Ferlin Husky and Archie Campbell. Many other top performers such as Liberace, George Boynes, Pat Cooper, and Phyllis Diller performed at the hotel, where this practice did not continue as the landmark was not a high-profit venture. In April of 1971, plans were announced for a $750,000 expansion that would include luxury suites on the 29th floor, the highest in Las Vegas at the time. Also planned was the remodeling of the casino and lobby and the expansion of a coffee shop. In January 1973, I would use left Las Vegas and its properties, including Landmark, when we transferred to Suma Corporation. Throughout the 1970s, continuing financial troubles and bad publicity plagued the Landmark. In 1974, William Bennett and William Pennington made an offer to buy the Landmark. They bought Circus Circus instead. Who knew? The Sky Top Rendezvous, a piano bar and dance floor on the top floor of the 31-story tower, was reopened as a discotheque on February 3, 1975, specializing in middle-of-the-road music. The Landmark was the only major hotel in the state to have a discotheque. On July 15, 1977, carbon monoxide gas leaked into the hotel's air conditioning system, killing one guest and injuring 138 others. This also caused a power failure and was found to be the result of flooding in the sub-basement. By the late 1970s, the Landmark was in major financial trouble. Suma Corp began selling off its hotel properties, and the Landmark was at the top of the list. Ed and Zula Wolfram of Grand Rapids, Ohio, purchased the Landmark from Suma Corp in 1978, using an account in Zula's name with funds Ed was embezzling from his brokerage firm, Bell & Beckwith. They had little success in turning the troubled hotel around. In 1983, Ed Wolfram was convicted of embezzling $47 million from the Bell and Beckwith. On February 23, 1983, the court allowed Patrick McGraw, Bell and Beckwith trustee, the ability to operate the landmark until it could be liquidated. In 1983, William Wildcat Morris, a former college football player and a Las Vegas investor, purchased the landmark. Morris financed renovations through Valley Bank of Nevada. Renovations were performed on the hotel rooms, restaurants, and a cupola, which included the addition of a new nightclub. New red stripes were also added along the windows running up the tower, and the roof was painted red to match. The entrance had red-lit out-triggers added, and a new side entrance was added to the casino. The landmark emerged in 1984 as the new landmark. Morris's renovations did not help the landmark, and he subsequently went bankrupt. The Landmark, with 498 rooms, was unable to compete with the new Mega Resorts and was closed on August 8, 1990. In December 1990, the property was purchased by Lloyd Banks of London for $20 million in order to protect a $25 million loan it had made to Morris in 1988. In June 1991, the hotel's contents were liquidated via an on-site public sale conducted by the National Content Liquidators Incorporated. In September of 1993, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, which owns the Las Vegas Convention Center, bought the landmark for $16.7 million. A year-long debate followed within the LVCVA about the fate of the aged and rundown hotel. Some wanted to make the necessary repairs and reopen it to house convention attendees. Others wanted to demolish the buildings to add 2,000 much-needed parking spaces. Oh, look at that. The LVCVA is going to bring something down and turn it into a parking lot. Wow, some things haven't changed. After much protest, it was ultimately decided that the landmark would be demolished after only three of the 14 LVCVA board members voted to save the building. In mid-1994, AP Has Environmental began removing asbestos insulation from the landmark. The company was cited for violating air emission standards during the removal. AB has signed a settlement in which the company agreed to pay an $18,000 fine. In early 1995, Maryland-based Controlled Demolition Inc. and California-based Iconco Inc. began clearing the property and prepping the tower with 100 pounds of explosives. The casino, shops, 
and room wings were cleared away leaving only the gutted tower. At 5.35am on November 7, 1955, the landmark was demolished in 17 seconds. Here's some freaking audio. property which once housed the landmark became a 2,948 space parking lot for the Las Vegas Convention Center. What a fucking surprise. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, alright, I'm gonna try to get to my fucking happy place over here. One of the landmark's ground level signs with gold and blue cursive lettering, hey I was just doing some cursive, was restored by the Neon Museum and installed at the parking lot. And that's Vegas gone by, the landmark hotel and casino. Michael Movestro will be back in a bit. Vegas Bright Podcast from VegasBright.com. So podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. Yep, and that was the Vegas Gone By segment focusing on the landmark hotel and casino in Las Vegas with Vinny Badalamente and Long Island Larry. I spent those 20 minutes catching up with my beverage. My beverage is now gone. It was good while it lasted, I think. And so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh... I'm at the giggly portion of the show because I caught up with all of my beverage. That's what happens during the Vegas Gone By segment. I'm just like, let me finish my beverage. I mean, yeah, I could. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I want to give some shout outs to other websites and podcasts that uh, I consider to be part of the Vegas Bright family. Um, so let me do that. You know, you know, let me let me let me add something in here, actually. Give me one second here, because I should have put this in a long time ago. Hear all that typing? Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be done in a moment. Thank you for thank you for 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 dealing with me. Um, okay. <clears throat> I want to give a shout out. Oh, let me hit save. Otherwise, there is no point in just typing in what I typed. Let me do that. All right, wonderful. Now we're good. I want to give some shout outs to Scott from Vital Vegas at vitalvegas.com and the Vital Vegas podcast. Great podcast, great website. Gets a lot of scoop on what's happening uh, on the strip and a lot of downtown stuff as well. Uh, so I, I have a feeling that when it comes to the 18 Fremont project, you're going to want to keep your eyes on him. Uh, cause I think he's, he's getting a lot of info. Uh, so he usually has it first when it comes to the 18 Fremont stuff. So you should, you should check it out. If you're interested in what's happening there and all over Vegas, check him out. He's, uh, my homie, my brother from another mother. Uh, he's a really decent dude. Uh, what can I say? He, he he's he's the guy who got me back into doing music again. So I mean, I kind of owe him like a huge one. So <laughs> for real, great guy. Uh, you know, if you're in Vegas, send him a tweet. Maybe he'll meet up with you if he's not busy. Um, he'll probably bring you to Pizza Rock or the D or something. Uh, but yeah, good guy, good guy. Speaking of good guys, good guys. Mark Meltzer from Edge Vegas at edgevegas.com. 
He writes in a lot of different websites, but he puts a link to everything he writes to on edgevegas.com. He listens to podcasts at 3x, not 5x. Gotta gotta take back what I said last week about listening to everything on 5x. It's 3x for him. Uh, so, yeah, 3x. 3x speed. Still don't know how he does it, but I don't know. Maybe one day that's a skill I could acquire. I don't know. I like listening to everything in real time, but who knows? Maybe one day I can take in all the info. Uh, to Adam for the Vegas Fanboy podcast, you can check him out at VegasFanboy.com. Uh, he has a wonderful podcast and good for the low rolling stuff, and he's around for another couple of months. And then he's, uh, he's riding off into the sunset, going away, doing something new. There's rumors about what that is. Can't really share it because it's a rumor. I don't like to share rumors. So I should have added this person to, well, this person makes two appearances in the shout-outs, but Bonnie Farina, on our website at VegasBright.com, she's known as Blonde Forever, but Bonnie Farina has a really nice message board called Las Vegas Forever. And if you're hunting down Vegas message boards, because I know a lot of you Vegas people that love Vegas, and I, when I say Vegas people, I mean people who love Vegas. You don't have to live in Las Vegas to be a Vegas person. You can just be anywhere. I'm not even in Vegas. But uh, if you like message boards, if you like message boards about Las Vegas, go ahead and check out Las Vegas Forever. Nice community of people over there. You should check it out. It's run by Blonde Forever, whose name is Bonnie Farina. She's great. She was one of the first people to get on board with Vegas Bright, even though she wasn't writing here yet. She was. She played a huge role in getting the word out about Vegas Bright. Uh, so uh, Bonnie is awesome, uh, and she should have been in this shout out list as well as her as the other one she gets. But. Uh, so she's there now. I hit save. So I'll remember to read this every week because I literally look at my screen to remind me of what, what to read. Uh, to Chris at Faces and Aces LV podcast. Check him out at FacesandAcesLV.com. Great little podcast he's got going on there. Uh, did a recent episode of the of uh, Vegas geekery, all the geek places to go to. His guest was Cray, Gray Cargo of Vegas Solo. Uh, talked about the Star Trek experience and a bunch of other, uh, which is no longer there, but uh, they also mentioned a bunch of places that are there that you can visit to get your geek on in Vegas. Uh, Re-listening to it because there's a lot of things I need to I need to write down. Uh, there's a lot of good things there. Um, to Mark, Karen, and Tony at the 360 Vegas Podcast. Oh, yeah. You can check them out at 360VegasPodcast.com. I forgot to mention it. So here's the deal about why I might not be attending 360 Vegas Vacation 5. Uh, someone start playing the world's smallest violin. I don't have a sound sample of that. But so, you know, hot temperatures here in Arizona. And, uh, you know, pretty damn hot. Usually we match Vegas and sometimes we're 10 degrees higher. Uh, that's just how it is out here. Anyway, so my car uh, has some issues. Um, uh, you know, the engine got a little hot. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it was an interesting thing because I would be idling. Like, well, it would go higher than it normally does. Usually it's right before center, uh, you know, right below center. And that's where it's been as long as I've had my car. But, uh... Thursday, Wednesday, it started acting funny. It was started to climb up past that. And I figured, well, it's really hot. Maybe, maybe that's it. And then as I was waiting at a, you know, to make a turn, I noticed it started climbing as soon as I would idle. And if I gave it gas, it would settle down a little bit. So I made a mental note to myself on the way to work the next day, keep an eye on it. If something doesn't seem right, turn around because don't want to get stranded on the way to work. Uh, and I did that, kept an eye on it when I got to like two blocks from my house it was already at the halfway mark and I was like that's that's concerning and I started driving on the way to work and I would stop at a red light and it would climb I would go at a green light it was it would come down a little bit uh and then at one point I was idling at a red light and it just started climbing up and up and up the coolant light whatever it is came on bing 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 I'm like oh crap as soon as that green light hit I floored it 
uh, turned around, went to the mechanic. I was just driving as quickly as possible. Anytime I gave it gas, it helped the situation. Didn't bring it where it needed to be, but it, it wasn't about to overheat as long as I gave it gas. But, uh, yeah, long story short, I made it to the mechanic in the nick of time. I was able to work from home that day while they worked on it. Many, 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 many dollars later, the issue is fixed. Uh, it's a water pump. They had to replace that. The timing belt, like, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a mess. Uh, so, like I said, many, 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 many dollars later, that's that's resolved, and that's good. Got to have a car out here in Arizona. Getting to work from where I live, it would actually cost me about like seventy-five bucks. So maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that if you do a round trip. You know, between there and back, it's like a hundred bucks a day. Uh, so that's not an option. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that you know that kind of wiped out my Vegas budget for three sixty Vegas vacation five. So things are looking not good as far as. Uh, going over there uh, and joining the crew at 360 Vegas Vacation 5. I can't even look at flights and hotels for like another month from now. Um, and by then the prices are going to be higher because it is Labor Day weekend. So it's it's not looking good. Uh, yeah. So I hope to join them, but I'm not sure I'll be able to now. So... Womp, 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 sad prices, right sound, all that stuff. Uh, that's what's happening. Uh, so speaking of Tony, a shout out to him and Jason at the Vice Lounge Online podcast. It's a podcast about cigars and bourbons and whiskeys and things like that. And I find it entertaining and informative. And it's, it's fun listening to people who know their stuff talk about what kind of flavors you should expect from a cigar and from bourbon. I, I, I before I listened to this, I, this podcast, I, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could detect different flavors and that sort of stuff. So that was interesting to me. To Mark Duvall and Dr. Mike at the You Can Bet on That Gambling Podcast. It's at youcanbetonthat.com. It's a really great gambling podcast. So if you're into you know gambling, if you're into poker or craps or things of that nature, anything involving gambling, you should probably check that out. It's a really good podcast to listen to. Uh, if gambling is your thing, um, I, I play slots... And you know, I, and I and I might consider playing blackjack thanks to Chris at Faces and Aces, but I'm, I'm not a gambling expert. Uh, let's see to Mitch and Doctor Kev at Tipping the Odds Las Vegas. It's TippingTheOddsLasVegas.com. They tend to do a mix of Vegas, and they throw some politics in there as well. Uh, so if you're into Vegas and you're into politics, I guess go check it out. Uh, to Cousin Vito at Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast. It's CousinVito'sCasino.com. He just had his bachelor party, uh, and he's about to get married. He'll be doing his final episode, I believe, this week coming, if not next week. And uh, he'll be taking off the summer, um, getting married, doing the honeymoon, you know, doing that whole thing. So uh, best wishes to Cousin Vito and to his cousin bride-to-be. Uh, wish you guys the absolute best. Uh, and don't be a stranger. We hope to see you back, Cousin Vito. Uh, yeah, so that's all the podcast and website shout-outs. Oh, yourtripreports.com. If, hey, if, if you want to write a trip report about Las Vegas, there's this website called yourtripreports.com, and you can go there and submit your trip report. Uh, check out the about section and, you know, how to submit. They don't guarantee that they will post everything there, though, but check it out if uh, you're thinking of writing a trip report and you want to put it somewhere. Um, that's another place to put it. I know how trip reports are. You put them on every damn message board you can think of. And, <laughs> and that's just, you know, you put them on message board, you put it on TripAdvisor, you, you know, you put it wherever you put it. But yourtripreports.com is a website that focuses specifically on uh, trip reports, uh, more refined to gambling trip reports. So if there's gambling in there, I think that's their thing, but you should check them out. Um, and of course, I would be, what is the word? Remiss? I believe remiss would be the word, yes. If I didn't mention all the wonderful, wonderful people we have at VegasBright.com. So to Greg C., Blonde Forever, Big AZ Marty, P. 
Paper Poster, Michael James, Kelly Lamrock, Genadius, our newcomer Las Vegas Junkie, Fisherman, Maddie Ice, Sailor Dude, Michelle De Palma, and she's got an article coming up this week about Vegas pools, and George Adams. I'm Michael Movestro, reminding you to stay Vegas and stay bright. <laughs>